Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self-Made as a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we're talking with successful business owners to hear their stories of building their business. And because we know that success in business is not something that we can do on our own, we recognize the folks who have helped us to excel. Today, I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. My guest views managing in the business world similar to coaching and likes to use coaching analogies, which I'm sure we will hear later today. Um, one thing he enjoys doing in his downtime is playing and coaching soccer, and he is most proud of his family. It's my pleasure to welcome Joe to the show today. Hey, Joe, how are you? Wonderful, Tim. Thank you for having me on today. Awesome. Well, hey, let's start with having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born and, and live and about your family and some of your hobbies. Um, I was born in a suburb of Dayton, Ohio. I uh, grew up there with uh, my mom and dad and sister. Um, school teacher, choir director, family as we grew up. And uh, I went to Purdue for college, played soccer there, was in a fraternity, mechanical engineering degree from Purdue. Um, I currently reside on the north side of Indianapolis with my wife, have a son that is going to IU, which he forever continues to tell me how much better IU is than Purdue. Um, and uh, I'll say I'm currently running a business called IER. Awesome. And uh, what's your wife's name? Sue. Wonderful. And uh, Joe, is there a funny story that your family likes to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us today? Not so sure about my family, but uh, a lot of my friends, especially as we said, I played and coached a lot of soccer. Um, but it was funny, it comes in even to talking about communication a little bit. So when I was playing in college, um, I had a hard time. I played on defense in the back, and there was another Joe that was right beside me all the time. So you think about talking and people are yelling names all the time, right? We're in the same part of the field and they're yelling. We go down to play Western Kentucky University and I got introduced, the guy did some kind of funky announcing all the time on people's names and I got introduced as Yuri Wolfgang Tinkman during that game. So from that point on in my sophomore year, the rest of the way through college and even to some of those people I still see from now time to time, I'm still Yuri to all of those people as opposed to anybody else. And the amazing thing is it actually solves some communication problems on the field because he was Joe and I was Yuri. And it stopped any of that potential communication problem happening, even though it was somewhat funny and it's still kind of a joke with everybody around when that happens, uh, that I was still Yuri. It was funny that just that little bit of difference made an awful lot of difference communicating because now we knew specifically who everybody was talking about when it was out there on the field. <laughs> That's awesome. So Joe, tell us how the business came about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could uh, run your own business? Um, when you say have the confidence to run your own business, I think every day you wonder whether you have the confidence to run <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that goes back and forth. So this isn't the first business I've started and I would still say that's a struggle every day you go through. Right. As things change, as the I'll say the culture out there changes. Right. I mean, today is dramatically different between COVID and kind of part shortages in the world than it was two years ago. Right. As a business owner, you're constantly challenged by different stuff. And I think you always wonder, are you good enough to handle whatever is coming at you? Because it's never the same. Um, 
And I think that's kind of the biggest thing that you have to figure out and, and determine is, right, um, are you ready to handle that? Because that's probably the hardest part is there is a lot to be said that you are sitting there at the top somewhat on your own. At the end of the day, you're gonna make decisions, right? Most of the time with input from lots of other people, but you're gonna make a decision that is either better or worse and you have to live with that. And there's not gonna be a lot of people that feel sorry for you, right? Because they all think you have the greatest job in the world and can do what you want when you want. And, um, <laughs> but the answer is yes, there's a lot of times you question yourself all the time and it doesn't matter how small or big your business is, that is a constant scenario. So when you say, ask me, gosh, do I feel like, what is it? I go every day, I question, do I have all the right things, right? It's part of why having a business coach like yourself, right? I have one too, right? To try and help make you better and make you more prepared for what's coming at you. Um, I'm not sure I feel any day like I'm completely prepared for everything that's there. Um, you just hope that you can work on it well enough, find the right people to get input from to make the best decisions you can to keep yourself moving forward. I love that perspective. You, you mentioned the, the idea that it's lonely at the top. I hear that a lot that uh, we don't feel like we have uh, people that we can turn to and, and talk to and, um, and that people are always judging us. And, and a lot of folks tell me we don't want to take it home because we don't want to burden our family. So that can be uh, incredibly overwhelming uh, to, to, to feel that way. And, and so uh, having others in our life to be able to, to reach out to and, and talk things out loud is, is so critically important. And um, you mentioned the coach. I have a coach as well. And I have a couple of coaches um, because, right, there's so much going on and stuff that gets stuck in our head that, right, it, we just can't, you know, it's not healthy to, to hold that all inside and not have somebody to work through it with, right? Yep. I think one of the most important things you wind up needing is to understand what you don't know and how to go find people that can help you understand what you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Most business people, right, or people running their business get there because they were good at doing something, right? That's usually how it starts, right? You were good at doing something and all of a sudden you're now running a business and you're making decisions about things that you probably never even thought of in your life, right? And so you have to somehow again learn right? Whether that's to find the right people who can take care of those things for you, right? Or learn how to do them yourself, yeah. but you get thrust right back in immediately into trying to figure out where that is. And back to your comment about you don't do it alone, right? You can't possibly learn how to do all the things you have to do well, or, or your business has to do well as a, as a business owner. And I think that's one of the hardest pe things for people to understand, right? That guy, my goodness, I was great at doing this. And all of a sudden, Running a business probably necessarily isn't about what you were great at doing before. How do you learn those things? How do you rationalize in your own mind, right? Either letting people decide or making those decisions and educating yourself about how to do it is to me one of the hardest things to do, which is why I say to me every day is almost a learning process because the environment you're executing in is different and you have to be able to, to an extent, adapt and figure out the best ways to move through those and who are your mentors? Who are your coaches? Where do you go to for those things that you need are probably some of the most critical things you do every day. Yeah. There's a, a great book out there. What got you here won't get you there. 
um, by uh, uh, Marshall. Uh, I can't remember his last name off the top of my head, but um, it's, it's that same premise, right? Of the, the hustle and grind that we all had to start with in, in building our companies and, and doing the do and, and making things work will only get us so far. And then we have to turn more to how do I scale the company, right? How do I how do I empower others and delegate and let go and, and allow the company to, to grow beyond my own capacity? Yeah, which is usually getting your own self out of the way to let that happen. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> yes, for sure. So tell us more about the company, Joe. Um, What's I, the name I, and, and what do you guys do? How do you help others? And, and uh, for folks listening, how can they uh, learn more about you? Uh, my business name is IAIR. Um, I-A-I-R-E. Um, so we got started um, actually on a patent I had about um, commercial buildings you're required to bring outside air in, keep sick building syndrome from happening. And outside air tends to be the most expensive thing in the HVAC world you do. When it's really cold, you got to heat it up to building temperature. When it's hot, you got to cool it down. You have to dehumidify it. And so um, if you can bring in less air, you actually can have utility savings, but the less air you bring in has the potential to make the air not as clean. And so came up with some patented technology that helped allow you to actively clean the air, allowing you to bring less air in and having both cleaner air in the space. And so the company got started kind of around the equipment that does that. And we have grown into making a lot of other HVAC equipment primarily around indoor air quality and utility savings. Um, we now currently have one of the, I'll say most efficient um, HVAC equipment in the world. We make a solar HVAC unit that's kind of two to three times more efficient than what's out there in the world, um, almost in any other format. Um, and so we are trying to get this technology put onto pretty much every different kind of HVAC equipment that's out there. Um, trying to just help make it a whole lot more efficient to run HVAC, um, kind of with what's going on with the solar energy um, out of what's out there and just cut a lot of the energy consumption out of HVAC is what our business is doing. Fantastic. And if uh, folks listening to this would like to learn more, um, how can they get in touch with you or where can they go to, to, to your website or something like that? Our website is myair.com, so M-Y-I-A-I-R-E.com. Awesome. Um, and you can, you'll get numbers or contact us if you see anything you'd like to see there on the page, you can get access to us through our website. Awesome, so we'll make sure to include that along with this video. Joe, share us a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that, that you could do it even though you may not have thought you could. And, what the impact that that person had on uh, on you and your business journey? Um, it's really interesting. I, I met a gentleman by the name of David Bosman, um, actually coaching his daughter in soccer. Um, and he was a small businessman himself. He um, had a company and he distributed primarily fasteners kind of all around the state of Indiana, screws, bolts, rivets, all that kind of stuff to um, industrial and commercial clients all around the state. Um, and we got talking, he wound up kind of as I coached both his daughters talking about his business, even talked briefly about um, potentially going into business with him and doing some stuff. Um, and um, 
I was, I'll say, reasonably young at that point in time, right? And uh, I always, at that point in time, felt like I just wasn't old enough to run and or manage, I'm going to say, whatever that was, right? I always felt like, oh my gosh, who's going to listen to a 27, 30-year-old when you sit down and start talking about stuff? And uh, Dave and I wound up starting another little business together and just in general was one of the most positive people I've ever been going, age doesn't matter, right? What you know, who you're able to convince, right? And uh, another thing he taught me was that I always thought at that point in time, selling was this bad thing. You were convincing people to do things they didn't want to do. Yeah. And that kind of the combination of one, both, it doesn't matter your age, right? You, whatever it is, right? People will be drawn if you have an understanding of what needs to happen, regardless of your age or who you are or what sex you are, any of the above, right? If you have good ideas and whatever, you need to get them out there. And two, that selling wasn't really bad, that every, almost everything you do, right? Talking to your wife and convincing her you want to go to this restaurant as opposed to that one is, in an essence, <laughs> selling what's happening, right? Convincing people you want to design it different is, in essence, a form of selling. And selling done right isn't this bad thing. It's actually this really noble thing of exchanging ideas and getting people to a common ground. And just kind of constantly over, you know, I'll say all the way until he passed away a couple of years ago, to me, it was a a manner talking about business and more than anything else, just being phenomenally positive about, right, you know enough, go out there and, and, and go do it. And obviously, yes, there are ramifications to your decisions, but yes, you probably know and can do the things you want. And just a, a phenomenally great person in my life, helping me um, move myself forward and whatever those things were. I, I love that perspective of uh, selling because we all We've all had bad experiences with uh, salespeople, and we, you know, a lot of folks I talk to have that that uh, impression, internal impression of oh, I don't want to be like that. So, right, uh, I, I, that perspective is awesome. Of uh, another way of of coining it is, you know, professionally helping people to make a decision that's right for them. Right? Yes. And, and so, when when you come at it from that perspective, it's like, hey, if the answer is no. Right. That's great because, yes. you know, we've helped people to, to decide, you know, if if our solution is right for them or not. And if it's not, no harm, no foul. Right. We yeah. move on to the next person. Yep. Right. So, Joe, what's your biggest learning as a business owner over the years? Um, the biggest thing I've learned that usually the problem is in the mirror. Mm. I can normally look in the mirror and realize that I'm normally the problem to almost whatever's going on i'm normally the problem right my lack of knowledge my lack of allowing other people to do it right um a decision my mate i've made right not putting enough energy usually right the, the the problem is i can look at it in the mirror and realize it's a shortcoming that i had in myself or i allowed things to not go right or whatever that Normally, the problem isn't somewhere else. Normally, I should be able to look in the mirror ultimately and realize the problem is me. It's not, right, because today is a great example, right? There's a part shortage. There's a labor shortage, right? Inflation is going up. There's always some external force. And to be honest, you can't control most of this, right? Yeah. right? And, you know, nobody in any business is able to control all of those, right? But that's what you're supposed to be doing running your business is controlling the things that you can control and doing the things that you can do to make it better for your customers, your employees, right? And your business. 
And normally that means you've got to look at what you can do and make the decisions around you can. And most of the time I'll say it's been not making decisions that I probably should have made. That's been the biggest issue, right? You know, at some point that's really what you've got to do. And I'll say, that's the biggest thing I realized is it's not somebody else causing me problems. Normally it's, I'm not doing something that I probably should be to make it better is normally the answer to what's going on with, if it's not going right. The, the awesome thing about that, uh, so insightful, is if we give away our power by saying it's always somebody else, then we have, have absolutely nothing that we can do about it, right? We, we've actually stuck ourselves in a, I can't do anything. Um, so your perspective is awesome in that, hey, if, it's, if it is all on me, if it's something that I've done or haven't done, then I have the ability to, to make a difference and, and make a different decision or take a different action. And therefore, I've just gained back my control over the, whatever this problem or challenge or, or uh, ultimate outcome that I want in the business is now I have the ability to control it versus the folks who just you know duck their head in the sand and say, oh, there's a labor shortage, nothing I can do about it. Or, oh, supply chain problems, nothing I can do about it. So that's a that's awesome perspective, Joe. I appreciate you sharing that. That doesn't make it any necessarily easier, right? It just, like you said, you realize that you're not complete. You don't, it's not that you have no control over the situation. There's always things you can do. That doesn't always make them better, right? But it doesn't mean that you don't have anything that you can do to combat what's going on. And once you start to realize, just like you said, that there's always a few things in your control that you can do, it to me starts to make you move forward, right? There's always actions you can take, right? And then you just have to be smart enough to when you do the actions, understand did it make it better or worse and then self start to correct around whatever it is you're doing because usually once you start moving and as long as you're willing to look at yourself and determine, hey, that was maybe a bad decision, right? We may be going the wrong way, let's at least change it. Yeah. But you tend to then start moving forward and hopefully in the positive direction for your company and your customers and all that as you move yourself forward. Yeah, it's awesome. So Joe, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about a, a challenge you've had over the years and a fellow business owner that came alongside you and helped you through it. Um, I'll say really starting IR up was one of them. Um, I have a, a partner today in the business um, that kind of put a little money and helped start in. And, you know, he was you know, probably 15, 20 years older than I am. So um, had owned multiple businesses prior to it. Um, and so there is a perspective and I'll say from him and watching him that, especially when I started this to me, did a much better job at I will say getting out of everybody else's way than what I did when I'll say I started at IAIR. Um, that was like, you know, okay, if you can get the right people who know what they're doing with some direction, right, let them go do the work and you don't have to be quite so overbearing in what's there. And uh, that doesn't absolve you of making sure the end results are right and doing some follow-up. But it also means you don't have to do the work and ride herd on them, um, probably as much as I did when I first started in some of that format. And so just watching um, that scenario and, you know, as I would say too, he did a much better job than even I did of bringing other people in to help, right? Hey, I might not know this at all. Let's go 
bring other people in to help look, analyze what's going on was, was very, very helpful in watching things happen. Um, I'll say another person way, way younger, right? Um, as I kind of got done with school and everything, right? Um, actually one of the good friends of my, my parents that was an architect and I kind of was getting done at Purdue and I took the kind of first stage of the PE test and I had co-op for GM and was working for Frito-Lay and was telling him, I, you know, I don't see any reason why I need to get a professional engineering license. I don't, you know, I won't use, I'm not using it at work at all. Why do I need to do it? And he's like, you know, I think you ought to reconsider it. He's like, I bet you won't use it for 15 years. Hmm. He's like, but there'll be a time in your life. And he's like, when you start looking out past the next two or three years, right? It, it, if you look at things in a longer term, he's like, you start to put a different priority on some of the things that are happening when you start to widen your horizon out. Hmm. And he's like, you're right. You're probably right. You may not need to use that thing for the next 15 years. But if you like, if you wait 15 years, you probably won't remember enough or do enough work to get the rest of the way through. Right. And he said, I would tell you one, go get it and always look out at a longer horizon than you think you will. And he's like, it will change your view of what's there. Yeah. I always kind of remember what Don Porter said with that. And it wasn't right at the time. It didn't seem like a whole lot. It wasn't even, you know, I wasn't even thinking about somebody was imparting some really important information that was there that to me again has been very powerful because Right. Most of the days you're fighting just to struggle and get through the day. And right. The more you run the business, the farther out you can look. What to me is interesting, but it seems like the more successful you wind up being, the farther you are as the owner that you can look out. And it is hard. It's the hardest thing you do. Right. Is to get yourself out of the day to day or even the week to week to look farther and farther ahead. But what happens to your business, the farther out that you can look and the farther out you can plan around uh, is just amazing what happens when you start to look at those things. Um, it reminds me of Stephen Covey's principle of begin with the end in mind, right? So <laughs> if we can look at what does our business, you know, envision what our business looks like when it's done and what year it's done and what's the revenue and the profit and how many employees, it gives us that that goal, right, to, of, of what we're working towards. And, and then we can step backwards and say, okay, well, then now what does that mean in, you know, in two years from now or one year from now and this quarter and this month? Um, and we can evaluate those shorter term decisions based on, do I feel like this is in line with my long-term vision for the, for the company? And, and is this decision going to be right for that ultimate goal? And, and to your point, you know, we don't, we're not going to know everything uh, in terms of, is it, is it exactly in line with it, but it gives us an ability to say, yeah, that decision there is, is short-term and that's not going to be in the best interest for the, for the business overall. Well, you also tend to find, right, when you're in the middle of fighting a fire, it seems like there's only one means to walk that path. Yeah. When it becomes a longer process, you start to see there's probably more paths that get you to the end game than just one. There's probably not just one path that gets you there. And it's hard to do that when you're in the middle of, like I said, the day-to-day -day struggles. It's just hard to see you are where you are. And it's just, it seems like there's only one way to go move and do that. And, you know, when you do get a chance, as I always say, to pick up your head and start looking a little farther forward, it does help you sometimes realize, yes, there's not just one path to that end goal. And 
you know, might not even be the one you thought it was that gets you there, but you're still progressing towards your real end game, not just the short-term thing that you think is so important. Yes. Uh, you see, I like what you just said. It might not even be the thing that you thought was the right decision. So I've had, and I'm sure everybody can relate to this, right? I've had situations where, you know, a client has decided to, 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 to leave and, you know, it feels devastating. And, and then, you know, my coach will say, yeah, but Tim, what if that's freeing you up for the next, you know, better client or the a bigger client or, you know, or your own self growth and, and development is like, yeah, okay. So long-term, right. To your point, Joe, if some of those short-term pains are not necessarily bad things in terms of the, the long-term perspective and, and growth and development of us as individuals or the company. Yep. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Um, so Joe, if, if I asked you to pick three people in your business journey that you're most grateful for being there as part of your success, who are those three people and, um, and how did they help you? Um, I'll say the first one, and again, I didn't give him a lot of credit at the time, was my girlfriend's father in high school. So while I was still a high school student, he was an executive for a, um, a division of General Motors. Um, and I didn't really understand at the time, but he was the general manufacturing manager. So the plant manager at like 12 plants around the world reported to him. Um, but when I was still a high school student, he actually got me in and I was working in the engineering labs for General Motors. Um, so even prior to starting school, and again, then when I started to co-op, well, heck, I'd already done jobs, co-ops did when I was interviewing for co-ops. And coming out of Purdue again, I had a brief two and a half years on the job at GM. I didn't talk to a single person interviewing about what classes I took or anything else. I talked about job experiences and even knew there were things I did and didn't want to do. And I go, had he not gone out of his way to get me a job, right? And yeah, it started at minimum wage in an engineering lab, but it progressed its way through. And I had... I'll say an advantage over pretty much my peers at the same age all the time, because I had in every instance more real world experience than they did when I was talking to people about what was going on that was phenomenally helpful. Uh, it just set me ahead of everybody else for doing something, you know, I'll say probably nice for his daughter's boyfriend, but it was phenomenally helpful to me, right, in that format. Awesome. And, and what's his name? His name was Jerry Meyer. Awesome. Um, and then I talked a little bit about David Bosman too, right? He was one of the other ones that I go, you know, every day was to me positive, right? Uh, uh, about everything he did and was helpful and about going through it. Uh, again, another person I give an awful lot of credit to for what I'm doing. And I'll say again, kind of as I talked to about my, my partner even today. Right. I, you know, this business wouldn't exist without him. Right. The, the, the time and the money he's put in, we wouldn't be here doing this um, without him being around. And so those are probably the three people that I would talk the most about um, what they were doing and, and how they've helped me, you know, do things and get to where I'm at with what's going on today. Awesome. And what's your partner's name? Gary Cull. Awesome. Fantastic. So, Joe, as you think about the next three to five years, what are the biggest challenges you see uh, in achieving your goals and who are the types of people you're going to need in uh, in your life and in your business to help you solve those? 
Um, well, I, I'll say in talking about in particular, I said a little bit, our business has solar HVAC. Um, I actually believe it is probably one of the biggest things that can help as people talk about global warming or anything else and how do you shed utility costs. There hasn't been anything in the HVAC industry kind of since carrier first created, you know, heating and air conditioning, you know, in that format that has the ability to save the amount of money and energy that this does, right? I mean, the, the industry has constantly pushed to get more efficient and everything over time. And you're, we're typically taking 10, 15, 20% increments as that goes. Um, talking about being able to get two to three times as efficient as we are today or something that nobody's been able to talk about. Plus, when you not only do that, but you add the piece in that makes this solar, um, and you have the ability to use other types of means to shed some of that load. Um, and the way that it's done adding to it, um, HVAC equipment doesn't travel well from country to country, predominantly because everybody has a different voltage, different phasing. So you can't use equipment in the US necessarily in the rest of the world or China over here. This allows you to potentially go anywhere. So it's the first time I've literally thought about having something that potentially has international appeal and flair. Um, and so you now start talking about, my gosh, scaling, not just inside of the U.S., but how do you potentially go outside and, mm. you know, talk about raising money to extent I would have never dreamed of and, and, and the size and scope. And I go, yeah, I can see this being, you know, hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. And I go, I look at the size I am today and think of those numbers and go, my gosh, I, they almost seem almost funny and unreal when you start talking about <laughs> doing that. And so I go, you know, kind of back to myself when I look at my gosh, am I ready to manage something that is that much larger in scope? Or even do I understand the pieces and people I need because raising money or getting funding to do things on that size and scale and talk about plants, the, the size and scale, I go, am I ready for, do I know the people I need to bring in? Um, and am I just ready myself is one of the biggest things I ask, you know, am I capable of growing and, and, and attracting the right talent to help this go do those things? And the answer is like normal, I don't know. Um, you know, you start figuring out the things you know and finding the people that you can that can help you do the things that you don't and attract the people you do. And so uh, I go, yes, there's lots of things in particular. I've never even thought about all of the financial side, not so much about profit and loss, but you can't grow without an infusion of cash that continues to go as you do it. And those just aren't things I've ever thought about. So I'll say those are the things I wonder about is, you know, can I get the right people? Can you attract the people that you need to develop a business that's of that size and scope? I'll say those are all the things that I wonder, are we capable of, of doing and executing? What an exciting uh, next few years, Joe. I, that's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. So Jim Rohn is uh, one of my favorite authors and a quote from him is we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as you think about that, is that something that is exciting, something that makes you nervous from a business standpoint? Um, I think in some ways I'm blessed with some of the people that are around me just by default that I don't think about, um, you know, um, you know, my wife is actually a city council person in 
does marketing and owns her own business. And I, I go through just the people I meet, you know, as I would say on just a daily basis that I'm around, I am just always amazed at some of what people do, right, that, that you talk to and you don't even think about when you're talking to them, the things that they go do that I'm blessed to be around on that front. Um, in fact, I said I played and coached soccer for a long time. Well, you start looking in that pool of people that I've been out on the field that, you know, as you get older, even when you play against them, you wind up being the same group of people that I've got to meet. That I really, again, I feel very lucky because they're from all around the world, right? That, that it doesn't matter, but you start looking at the jobs some of those people do in big businesses or the businesses they own themselves and the experience, um, you begin to realize that, oh my gosh, there's this great amount of people that I don't think you, most people think about all the time that they're probably friends with and do something because their kids go to school or they're on a sports team or you know, you're out at private lessons on piano and you're doing stuff with people that there's this great wealth of people that have some just phenomenal experiences if you have the ability to tap into it uh, that you potentially have to talk through and look through. And so I, I guess, you know, whether that is, you know, dumb luck, as I say it lots of times, it just happened or you've done work over the time. Um, you know, yeah, I'll still say when you say, who am I with the most? just because of what we're doing, right? There's still the most is a lot of my own staff or people that I'm working with at work, right? I, I would still go and you ask, who am I there the most just with what's happening, right? It's that or probably my wife, right? Those are the people that I'm around the most. And I go, when you ask, I go, no, in some regards, I feel pretty lucky to be around some of them, right? Um, are they all the people that are the right people if I develop this thing into as big as what I am? I'm not sure of that. We'll, we'll all learn just like I go with myself. Am I the right person to be part of that business too? As I ask every day, I'm not sure whether that's it, but we'll find out as we go. But I go, no, I'm, I, I, I hear that all the time, kind of about the people you're with and the books you read. And I, there is some absolute truth to that, right? That just by default, right, the things that they make you think about or the, because just discussions you get into and the people they know that they may be able to, oh my gosh, just call, talk to them. They may be able to help, just helps broaden your horizons um, just incredibly well. So there is an awful lot of truth to both of those things, right? That both the people you know and, and the books that you read and have access to tend to change your perspective typically or widen your perspective on, on what's going on. Awesome. I, I love how, um, how you've talked about people through people and that, you know, that, right. It's, it doesn't have to necessarily be the, the person that we know, but it could be the people that the people that we know. Right. And, and so that all just goes down to just networking in general, right. Making sure yep. that we're open to well, the opportunities that come before us and, and be, take that initiative of engaging in those conversations and you know, the, the law of attraction is another uh, favorite um, uh, per, uh, per, um, perspective uh, that I, I appreciate is right, we're going to attract if we if we have an open mind we're going to attract the people and the situations and the circumstances that we need to grow into the better version of ourselves and and have the the successes that we want into in our business but we have to be open to what's being brought to us and say, oh yeah, that is an opportunity or that is somebody that I need to have a conversation with, right? And, yep. and, and you mentioned earlier, right? Sometimes that's hard because we've got a problem in our business, right? And we're head down and we're in the weeds and it's like, oh, but this, 
this thing just came to me that is is maybe a conversation I need to have to solve this problem. But oh my goodness, I'm so busy in this in this challenge. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's as I would say, it's the hardest thing you have every day. Is right, you know, how do you pick your head up enough to make yourself look forward? How right, and it's really the bigger issue, right? How do you make it so your head doesn't have to be the one that's down all the time, right? That's really the question, right? That you have the opportunity to have your head up enough that you can see the opportunity of the people you should be talking to. And I, I actually believe that's the hardest part of transitioning your business, yes. right? Is to the, the ability to get your head up, the, you know, the more you can, as you would say, keep your head up looking forward as opposed to having to do it, which means you've got to have a team and processes in place because you still have to do all that stuff, right? Somebody in your organization has to be taking care of the customers and the issues and whatever those things are you do, that can't stop, right? Just for you to pick your head up. But how do you get the business where you can pick your head up that that's going is to me, I'll say every business owner's hardest thing to make themselves move forward to make that happen. Yeah. Um, and I agree. That's the thing I hear the most often as well. And, and part of that's because it is every business generally started out with just the business owner, right? Or just a couple people and, and they did the do, right? And they became experts at, at doing the do, right? Working hard and working long and, and figuring things out and perfecting it. And then now that it's all figured out, it's like, hey, the business is now growing, um, and, but what generally happens is that the business will grow and then it'll plateau. And the reason that it plateaus is that the, it's not able to grow beyond the owner's capacity. And so to your point, the biggest challenge for all successful business owners is, is transitioning from doer right, to business owner and finding the, the processes and the people and, and the disciplines and the structures and, and all of these things that will enable them to go from doer to business owner and have a business that ultimately can, can run without them, to your point, so that they can pull out of the weeds and look at the big picture and the strategic direction of the organization and who are the right people that we're going to need on the team in five years from now and what, what are the different opportunities that's being presented to us. And, yeah, so I, I I hear that you know multiple times a day is is that struggle <laughs> of how do I you know how do I let go right I've tried it before I can't find you know the right people or no one can do the job as well as me well you alluded to it a few times it's a process right you just don't switch flip a switch and say oh now I I have a business that can run without me no it's it's a it's it can be a long process of uh, getting all those best practices put in place and. And the owner too, right, has to have that that um, mental transition of trusting in the team and knowing that the team's going to make mistakes and knowing that things aren't going to work out perfectly the first time. But but it's all part of that journey of being able to scale. Yep. Yeah. You have to be willing to let it go, and that's probably the hardest part because it's typically your baby, right? Yes. And, yeah. and and just like with your kids, it's hard to just like you said, let them go do their own things and, and become their own people too in the process. And so, yes, it's one of the hardest parts of as you scale up, especially if you were the doer yeah. and the scenario with what was there. Yeah, I, you'll, I'm sure you'll appreciate this. One of the things I hear a lot is, well, it's just easier for me to do it myself. It'll take longer for me to teach them to do it than it will for me to just do it. <laughs> right? uh, 
it's true. And there are times that absolutely in the short term, that's true, right? It's not the long run, but in the short run, absolutely. You can always justify that it can take you less time to go do it. And again, back, I love, you just said it again, the long-term versus short-term. So yes, long-term though, right? If they can do it for us, then we don't have to do it ourselves 20 times a month or you know, 15 times a day or whatever that happens to be. So the long-term benefit is if we get other people to take it off of our plate. Another way that I, I have people think about this is, you know, based on your salary, what's your hourly wage? Right. And then look at all the jobs that you're doing that are significantly below your hourly wage. And, you know, so if you're doing a whole bunch of $25 an hour jobs and, and, you know, and your hourly wage is a hundred, then you need to be delegating those things right? or outsourcing them or, you know, it could be because you're, you're, the opportunity cost is huge in terms of what you could be doing and making versus doing those tasks. I hope most of your clients are, when they do the hourly rate by what many hours they're working or making 25 and a hundred bucks an hour, because I know there was a lot of times early in my business, it felt like I was making five and 10 (laughs) because of just the number of hours that were being put in. So I hope they're all around those numbers um, that are listening to this because they're in pretty good boat. If they're starting to get into those moving their way forward. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, to your point, that can be aspirational as well, right? Of, of what should your bill rate be versus right. right where the business is at. And obviously newer companies are, <laughs> right? We all have to, the, the hustle and grind is true, right? When we're in us, when we're in the first couple of years of our business, we all have to be doing the do and figuring things out. But the goal is to transition and and move up what we call the entrepreneurial ladder, right? Where you're yep. you're getting other people to do the do for you. So Joe, last question here is if something was catastrophic was to happen to the business, who's the first person you'd call and what would that conversation be? I think it really depends probably on where I'm physically at at the time that it happens, but it'd probably either be my partner or my wife, just probably depending on where I'm at and who's closer and easier to get a hold of depending on what was happening. But it would be one of those two people. Awesome. And I, I know it would depend on the situation, but um, what type of uh, conversation would that be? What would, your, what would you be looking for or needing in, in that conversation? You know, it's funny. As I've gotten older, I've realized it's not so much the answer you get. Um, and it's not even so much when people, and it's more so coming to me, right? Most of the time when people are asking a question of you, they're verbalizing what's going on and the problem they have and the fact that they can verbalize it and put it in, you know, a majority of the time is allowing them typically to figure it out on their own because that's been part of the problem. Yes. And I realize I do that way more than I think, right. That I do, right. That I'm talking through it and it's allowing you to talk through it and just making a coherent sentence, right. And being able to explain it even in your own mind helps do it. So I'm not so sure most of the time, I think what you're really doing is, Hope you're getting a sympathetic ear to listen to it. Maybe there is some advice that comes with it, but more than that, somebody that can listen to it and allow you to put whatever rambling words and sentences together and allow you to grasp your head around it, I think is probably the first and foremost important thing you're hoping to get out of that when that happens. Yeah. Awesome. So Joe, sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people uh, who have helped you along your journey. If they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them? Uh, Thank you. 
thank you. Glad they were around and glad they're part of my life. Awesome. Now, Joe, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and uh, hearing all of your insights. All right. Thank you very much for having me, Tim. Have a good day. You too. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread this movement by liking the show and posting it on your social media channels. And to join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward and we'll see you all next time. Take care.